Welcome to The Horse, a show hosted by longtime Yukoners Dan Bushnell and Jenny Hamilton. On this show, we talk to a diverse collection of people about living in the Yukon, what brought them here, why they stay or have left, but mostly, we like to talk about what truly makes them tick. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show coming to you from the Yukon's capital, Whitehorse, or as it's known to the locals, The Horse. Like, I have this thing where it's like, no matter what, if I get into an argument, argument with somebody, I do my best to make sure that I'm doing what I call standing on the side of right. Right. I'm not going to be the first person to become shitty. Right. I'm not going to be the first person to turn it into a mudslinging match. Right. I'll do my very best to stand in that situation and not be the shitty one. Mm-hmm. If you want to be shitty, that's fine. I will accept it. I'll stand there and I'll let you do it. Right. I might tell you to fuck off and end the conversation. Yes. In fact, I say that. But, but you I mean, might not. How many times have you actually seen me tell someone to fuck off? Um, besides me? Yeah. Yeah. Zero. Zero. <laughs> yes. I talk a good game. Yeah. But in the end, what I'm actually doing is when I say I would tell someone to fuck off, mm-hmm. I will explain to somebody that I'm no longer going to participate in that conversation and I'll walk away. Yeah. Me saying tell them to fuck off is shorthand for leave the situation. Yeah, ending this conversation right? in a because respectful way. I actually like, if, if you've ever witnessed me talk to somebody that I'm upset with, you will see me right away um, flip. Yes. I stop swearing so much. Yeah, you, you, I, change the, you change the situation. Yeah, and I, I stop swearing, swearing so much because I swear with my friends. Right. But if you're a stranger, I will give you the automatic respect of being someone I don't know that I will try not to swear so much around you. Absolutely. Because I don't know where you're coming from. Right. And, you know, so I, like when I'm talking about this stuff, trust, what I actually am saying is that I will stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. But I will do it in a way where I won't be hurtful or I won't bully you. I won't push you. I will. And if it comes to that and that is starting to be an emotion that's involved in it, I'll leave. Yeah. I will walk away from that situation. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the problem I have with, with being in politics. It's sometimes you can't leave that situation. You can't leave it. You have to stand there and deal with it. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a situation where I have to just stand there yeah. and take something from somebody that might be an idiot. <laughs> More than likely. More than likely. Is, yeah. Because the vast majority of people that have something to say to politicians are saying it out uh, of emotion, not yeah. fact. And they're not thinking it through yeah. and they're just upset. I'm, I'm, like I said, small town. I know some of our politicians. Um, it doesn't mean that we agree. You don't have to but agree. We're still friendly. Yeah. I still respect them as a person. Look. I understand that they're do, trying to do their job to the best of their ability. Yeah. I, again, might not agree with what they're doing, but I can say that to them and then not hate them. But you know what? Like, I'd have no people in my life if I hated what people did. <laughs> there's, there's a politician in Haynes Junction. Right. I heard that dude say the most racist thing I've ever heard anyone say in my life. Right. In my life. It's, I hadn't heard anything that racist inside of a movie. Wow. I was astounded. I was astounded to speechless. Wow. 
And uh, I was like, what a fucking piece of shit. Right. And then that same guy mm-hmm. cuts a ton of firewood. Okay. Like a massive overloaded truck full of firewood. Right. And delivers it with a bunch of groceries that he picked up to an old couple that lived and this was before he had been elected. Right. He wasn't doing this because he was trying to right. get brownie is, points. Right. He drove that load of wood to those people, brought them groceries, made sure they had wood, stacked it for them, put it away because he knows that they don't have the ability to do that and winter is hard. Yes. And they live somewhere really, really beautiful. Right. But it's remote. Yeah. And it's rough. Yes. And he just took it upon himself to check in on them. I saw this dude do a million things for people that was really kind and really thoughtful. And like, is he a complete piece of shit? Maybe yes, maybe no. But what he is, is he's a human being and he's complex. He's more complex than that. Well, we all are. We all are. Right. And I mean, and I accept that in people. I accept that in him. You know, so when I run into the but he, guy. Right. And it's, but it's not like he's unteachable, right? That's my thing. Yeah. When I run into the guy, do I completely write him off? No. And there's been a couple of other things that have come up that have changed my opinion on him. <clears throat> because he's been put in a situation that could present itself in a really difficult, terrible way, and I think he's moved through it right. pretty well. And it's a personal matter, and I won't get into it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It involves his family, and he has struggled and worked and changed. Right. Right? Yeah. And so was he somebody that said the most racist thing I ever heard yes mm-hmm. but is he also somebody that has committed great acts of kindness also yes absolutely people are complex yes you know and we have to allow for that we have to allow for people fucking up and people making mistakes and they might be horrible awful mistakes yes but we need to allow for complexities as well absolutely and um yeah Always, always be learning. Always be learning. Always be. Le- My grandmother used to say to me, "I hope, I hope, never judge a person by the beginning of their life. Yeah, you can judge them at the end. Yeah, because that's all their actions put together. For sure. And there's, like you said, there's complexities in there. If you, if you were to judge me based on the way I acted in my late teens and early twenties, right? You and I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, I was a monster. Yeah, I, was I did lots of. Horrible things, man. Yeah. Horrible things. And, like, regrettable things. Right. You know? But trust me, I have worked hard to not be that person. And why? Because you did those things. Yeah. And I've also also learned from my grandmother and parents, learn from others' mistakes. You have a lot of room to make your own. Yeah. But might as well save a few here and there. Absolutely. And I have lived by that. Okay. Listen to what others have done. And maybe not do that unless you want that outcome. That goes back to the mechanic thing, right? Absolutely. I don't need to, like, go underneath my car and fuck it up before I ask for help. Right. I can look and go, that person has knowledge that I need, and I can pay attention. That goes to all aspects of my life. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that that helped me become a mechanic. Um, 
as a as a woman in the industry and the the first in Yukon to go for the Red Seal, I was in shops with nothing but men. Yeah. And I was in a few shops. I will say that all the guys on the floor that I worked with, I don't know if I was lucky, but they were all very respectful and very kind and helpful. But I had to change my mentality. There's some big men in that shop. And could I do what they did the way they did it? No. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to look at the guy who isn't the biggest guy in the shop, but is very productive, and learn from him as much as yeah. I can. Because he knew how to work tools in the same way that I, can, I still do now. Because he didn't have the upper body strength that those big men did. Mm-hmm. So I learned a ton more. But I had to, I had really had to shoot my ego down as somebody in their 20s trying to prove like I'm just as good as a man, but I'm not physically capable as some men. But there was some guys in there that we were about equal. And I thought, there you go. Yeah. Learn from them. Well, what's interesting too is that um, I realized like how detrimental a lot of my physicality was to me when I was a young man. Oh, I really do wish I listened to some of the older mechanics yeah. who would they would oh lots of them said to me, save your knees, you'll miss them when they're gone. And guess what? I do. Yeah. I do. And my totally. back hurts real bad. Why? Because of my ego. Totally. And yeah. if I had been when I was younger, if I had listened more and not been so intent on showing off how big and strong I was, right? I'd still have shoulders. Right. Right? I wouldn't be all all gooped up every morning. I get up in the morning some mornings and I'm just like every single part of me hurts. Right? Snap crackle and pop yeah. is not a cereal no. anymore. And all I did was lay in bed yeah. and I got up and I'm like, oh God. And I know I gotta move. Yes. I gotta get moving around because the only thing that makes me feel better Eventually. Oh, yeah. Eventually. Right. Jesus. Right? It's not the coffee and cigarette for me, it's also the pain. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. And you know, like, I gotta say, everything when, as you get older, you realize, like, should've used a dolly. Right? Should've used, yeah. I should've, I should've, I should've, should've used that tranny jack yeah, better. Yeah, I should've, like, I should've gotten something out that would make that easier. Should've asked for help. Oh, oh God, God. What was that? Yeah, no. Do I do that now? Shit, yeah. Oh. My physiotherapist, God bless her, has highly encouraged me not to, not to just, uh, get myself involved at all My, grab some young strong strapping people who can lift it for absolutely. you and tell them where you want it my physiotherapist uh, told me he didn't like fat people oh i think mine loves them she's, we, we she's don't great. get along now <laughs> who's your physiotherapist uh barbara robinson i should go see her yeah because my physiotherapist told me he didn't understand how people would let themselves get fat and uh that it was just something he just couldn't couldn't deal with is he young Youngish. Youngish. Is yeah. he fit? He is very fit. Right. My doctor's very fit. And I yeah. my favorite part is when she takes my blood pressure and then gets angry because it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, my thing is, is like, I understand that you've worked really hard to have a body that, like, that guy's fit, man. Yeah. And that's hard work, and I get that yeah, shit. Yeah, that's dedication. It's dedication, and I appreciate it, and I think that's and I'm, great. I'm glad, glad I can see so I can admire it. Totally. Yeah. But I don't need you to tell me right? how gross you think I am. Right. No, my doctor doesn't you do know, that. Like, yeah. I was just like, okay, man, you know, that's a rough one. Yes. Like, don't throw that in my lap. No. We will do a whole episode where I just discuss the politics of being overweight. Because I gotta fucking tell you right, right now, like 
that is something I struggle with a lot. Yeah, there's can, a, there's a lot of different ideas behind it. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of shit it. that people like psychology. Know, for me, it's psychology. Well, there's a science to it as well oh, that they're huge. starting to investigate. The, the it's huge, fat right. itself is it's it's our, one of our biggest organs that actually talks to our brains. Yeah, and you know, there's only so much you can do. You can always eat healthy. You can always do that. That they're never taking that away. No, but I've damaged myself. What? We'll get into it. Oh, me too. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this because you just said I should go buy a bag of fudgios. Is that I, what I just? I don't speak telekinetic, but maybe I do. Oh, so we might need to rewind it because I'm pretty sure I just heard you say you need a bag of cookies. Right? When was the last time you had a fudgio? Uh, the last time you had fudgios at the shop. That was a long time it ago. It was a long time ago, but at the beginning of this pandemic, mm. I uh, I was rage baking, and I don't bake. I like to cook. Yeah, yeah. But I got into this thing where I was trying to make uh, my wife's uh, grandmother's cookie recipe, and she always would say to us, "Oh, it's just on the back of the bag." Well, you were saying that before, <laughs> right? And it's not. It's not the same one. Well, her that was the lard, right? Becky's mom found it, and it said yeah. shortening and. And then Becky said to me, well, Grandma used to call margarine butter and Crisco shortening. Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out it's the lard. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, six, eight, 27 dozen later, I came close. It'll never be Grandma's because Grandma made them. Yeah. But Becky would eat one and be like, no, that's not it. So I had to eat that dozen. Well, you know what you have to do? You have to make your own. Uh, well, absolutely. That's what it yeah. is, is. You have to go, I'm going to make... The Jenny Hamilton cookie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think I found it in there, the one that I like. Yeah. Um, and it helped me because I didn't bake because it's more chemistry than artistry. Yeah. Right? Because with food, if it's too salty, you can add and, you know, yeah. you can never take away, but you can adjust. That's right. Baking is chemistry. And I always feared it. I was like, ugh, I can screw this up. You can. I screwed up. I ate a lot of screw ups. With well, delicious I mean, screw-ups. Look at ginger snaps. Right. Or gingerbread. Yeah. Ginger snaps, a really good ginger snap is a thing of beauty. It is. They're rare. They are. They're hard to make. Yes. And gingerbread? Yeah. You talk to anyone that makes gingerbread or has tried to make their own gingerbread? Yes. It'll crack. It'll warp. It'll bend. Like trying to make a perfectly flat piece of gingerbread that you can construct a home from? Right. The artistry in it. It's tough, man. The chemistry of it. I, I Trying to do that had... Like, I always saw gingerbread houses and went, oh, yeah. Okay. But then you try to make one, and you're like, this person's a genius. Everything's square. Let me throw this at you. <laughs> I worked at this fancy restaurant called Melville's on Melville. Nice. And it was down across from the water in... Vancouver right on the edge of Stanley Park. Okay. So we were right on the corner of like uh, basically just up from Denman. Right. And um, we're on the corner of uh, like it's Melville meets Pender. It was a right. beautiful place. Yes. Beautiful restaurant. Fancy. We used to get tons of celebrities that came in there. We we had the entire cast of Showboat come in. Nice. They, they rented the entire place for the night. One of the best nights I've ever had in a restaurant. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, watching those people sing and dance and laugh and drink as they closed out a show. Right. Uh, it was when the, it made me want to be a theater person. Yeah, it makes me miss it. It was incredible. <laughs> I had so much fun. But 
we were working there and we there was this guy that worked there that I wanted to have fired so badly. Right. He spilled boiling honey all over the back of my hand. Oh god. And just one mistake after another, one stupid thing after another, and I just wanted him canned. Yes. I just wanted him canned, and I went up to the owner, and I was like, Brian, you need to, you need to fire this dude. Right. And uh, Brian was like, that guy's 42 years old. Now, keeping in mind that at the time, I think I was, I mean, I was a hot shit, like, 22-year-old. Right, so half his age. Yeah, I, I could cook my brains out. We did great work. I worked hard, you know, like. Yeah. And I worked with a great head chef, and we were killing it. Right. And then we had this fucking idiot right. that was pouring honey on me and fucking my life up. I asked him to cut a sandwich diagonally one time. Right. And then realized really quickly he didn't know what a diagonal was. Okay. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, he was that guy. Right. He, we were outside discussing the menu, smoking a cigarette. He came walking outside and uh, he was like, hey, look what I brought to work today. And he pulled out a pair of nunchucks. (laughs) And he started going through a nunchuck routine very quickly within. And I mean, I bet you the nunchuck routine he did lasted less than, I'm going to say less than five seconds. Okay. Right. If you went one. Two, bang, knocked himself out cold. Wow. Smoked himself straight in the forehead, went down like a sack of potatoes. Like what you want to get on film if you're making a movie. Yeah, man. Like this dude did so much stupid shit, though, (laughs) that Hamish and I didn't pause. We looked over. We stepped over him, went in the kitchen. We didn't even help him up. Right. We stepped over him and went in the kitchen and just kept doing what we did in the kitchen. Now, that guy, though. Right. Brian was like, we can't fire him because he will never find another job. Nobody's going to hire that dude. He's here until we close. Right. That's it. Or he quits. Or he quits. Right. But that dude isn't going anywhere because he needs to be here. Yes. The guy's one saving grace was he was a fucking savant when it came to pastry. Okay. I don't understand. Right. I've never managed to make a pie crust. Mm Mm-hmm. The way that dude made a pie crust. Okay. It was perfect. Right. Every single time. The guy could fold in puff pastry. So that came into the most beautiful, flaky, buttery pastry you've ever had. Right. He made every... Because we did a few things that were really old school. Yes. And I don't care what people say. A beef wellington, when it's done well is a thing of miraculous beauty. Beauty, Absolutely. The puff pastry soaking up the duxelle and the, come on. I mean, it's incredible. Yes. When you get that thing to a nice medium rare. Yes. Oh, come on, man. And the puff pastry that dude made. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Every single time. The guy could not tie his own shoes. Right. I don't know what it was, (laughs) but man, pastry. Right. It's a science, and for whatever thing... I can barely thing, eat pastry properly, let you, alone make it. You know what? Like, The reason that we don't eat pastry is because it's a bitch. It is. You can buy frozen pastry, and frozen pastry is okay. Yeah. But it's never going to be... like I can go and buy every chocolate chip cookie that they have at, at the store right now and yeah. sit here, and Becky will never 
No. Appreciate those as much as you appreciate the ones your grandmother made. Exactly. Right? Yeah. When you get a hold of somebody that makes a really beautiful pastry, yes. you will eat as much pastry as humanly possible. Yes. Because it's incredible and it's hard to do. It is. Well, I mean, there's huge differences, right? Huge like, differences. Becky and I were talking. Temperature. Talk well, yeah. Like the temperature of your hands yes. when you're working with pastry. Like, it's very important. You meet somebody that's really, really solid and good with pastry. You will see them run their hands under cold water first to take yeah. some of the warmth out of their skin so they don't melt the butter, butter. so they get a proper right. flakiness as they're folding the butter in. Yes. That's yeah. real. But it's, it's taste. It's all taste, right? Once mm. you taste an amazing pastry, all the rest is eh. Yeah. It's like fresh vegetables. Yeah. Like Becky doesn't like cucumbers. Yeah. But if I grow a cucumber, I don't get a piece. There is a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference with fresh tomatoes. And that's it. Like yeah. when it comes to eating healthier, I'm like, uh, it's it's not cheap. Oh, it's not cheap. It's more expensive than buying. It's labor intensive. Yes. Yeah. So when I'm trying to learn to garden more. I've been trying to learn to garden for <laughs> a decade and a half. It's one of those things I don't think you ever master <laughs> until well, you do. And gardening? Yeah. It's expensive. It it is, and because I'm super cheap, I try to find every way to make it inexpensive, yeah. including saving my own seeds. Oh, you should. You, it's, it's, you feel good about yourself. There's courses on it here. Yeah. There's that, um, I don't remember her name, Irene? There's this little old lady in town that teaches how to, how to save seeds. Yeah. And have you gone to the seed library at the EMR Public Library? I have not, because I had to work. Energy Mines and Resources Library on the third floor of the Elijah Smith Building. Yeah. Has a seed library. Yeah. You can drop seeds off and pick seeds up. Yes. It's a library. It's free. Right. Do they do it all the time? I know they all had All the time. Okay, because I knew they had a day. Come get them. Yeah, they do it all the time. So, I mean, call EMR, go into the library. It's a beautiful space. Yeah. It's a really cool space. They have a magazine there called Farm Show. Nice. That is worth looking at by itself. Right. Not to mention the fact that they have aerial photographs of every square foot of the Yukon Territory. Brilliant. It's incredible. Yes. So, one of those underused resources. Right, and you would you never know? think energy mines and resources would have seed library. Resources. Right? Resources it's are also plants. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Great, great space. Take advantage of it. If you're gardening, go in. Go Become in. a part of it. Take them seeds. Yes, there's a, there's amazing gardeners in this territory. Absolutely. Who are not um, unwilling to help yeah. Give advice. T totally. Yeah. Totally, man. And I just think we need to really do that. Absolutely. Well, what do I know? Right. And it does. It takes years. Oh, we got to go. Oh, we do. We got to sign off. We do. We've been rambling. <laughs> this will be a two-parter at yeah, least. We've been rambling for a long time. <laughs> Dave, Send it to me. I'll edit it. Ah, Dave didn't call. So. Well, Dave. <laughs> you might call this afternoon, but we'll just set up with Dave another time. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you had fun and maybe even learned something. The Horse is brought to you by Molotov and Brick Tattoos and J.L. Hamilton Productions. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and to others.
This was a Brain Freeze podcast.